Hey everybody, it's Lon Seib and it's time once again for your weekly wrap up and this week we're going to talk about Telegram. This is a wildly popular messaging app that is becoming a very influential social media platform as well. And in this video we're going to look at the history of Telegram and look at how to use it both as a user and as a content creator. Let's get to it. Now, Telegram was founded by two Russian brothers, Nikolai and Pavel Durov. Pavel is the face of the company and also the picture that you see up on screen here. And he's also the voice of the company when Telegram has something to say to the public. And the brothers retain pretty much full ownership of the company, but we'll get into the ownership in a minute. Now, they are from Russia, but they don't live in Russia any longer. They now live in Dubai. And the reason is, is that the brothers previously founded the popular social media platform VK.com, which operated in Russia. And there was a dispute with the FSB and they refused to turn over information about their users to the government. And then he was forced out of his company by the investors. And that's what prompted his move overseas. And in many ways, Telegram is kind of a revenge effort on the part of the brothers to rebuild what they lost in Russia, but there's probably some reasons to still be suspicious about the platform. Now, uh, Pavel posted this the other day on his Telegram channel about why he founded the company and also why people in Ukraine should trust him because this has become a popular platform all over the world, but especially in Ukraine and Russia. And you can pause the video and read his side of the story here. Now, last year, Telegram said they surpassed 500 million active users, and they're picking up a lot of market share from WhatsApp, which is a Facebook-owned property. And of course, there's a lot of distrust for Facebook out there, and a lot of WhatsApp users are moving over to Telegram, and it feels very similar to WhatsApp. So when you get into Telegram, it doesn't feel much different, but there's a lot of features that I think make it a superior platform to the Facebook-owned product but there are still areas where you should probably be concerned about privacy. Now, it was banned in Russia for a time, for about two years or so, but the Russians lifted the ban in 2020. And the reason they say is that Telegram agreed to provide information to the government in regards to terrorism and extremism taking place on the platform. Uh, so the word they used was cooperate with Telegram to provide that information. And that's concerning because in Russia, extremism is not only terrorists, but also people who are critical of the regime. And I think that's something that users in Russia should be concerned about, primarily because there are some security issues with Telegram and that most of it is not encrypted especially activity that takes place in their channels and in groups. Now, a platform with 500 million users is quite expensive to operate. The Duroff brothers have retained most of the ownership of the company so far. What they have been doing is raising debt because the app is very valuable with this many users. And if they ever issue an IPO to become a publicly traded company, each of those stocks that they would issue might be very valuable. So they're borrowing money from people and they will pay them back later in stock, which is basically what is happening right now to finance the company. And this is likely in the billion or more dollar range here. So they owe a lot of money to likely some very rich and influential people, and we don't know really who these people are. The company accepted $150 million in investments 
from two state-owned firms in the UAE. And the amount here is pretty small compared to the amount of debt that they have been selling over the last couple of years. So I question this, especially because the UAE has not imposed sanctions on Russia or any of the oligarchs that have boats and other things that they might want to safely park somewhere. So something's fishy here, in my opinion, and I'll leave it to you to uh, make your own judgment as to whether or not you will feel safe on the platform. Telegram does say they will not release any of your information unless a court determines that you're a terror suspect and issue an order to Telegram to turn over the information. Uh, if they do get an order like that, they may disclose your IP address and a phone number to the relevant authorities. They say that so far this hasn't happened, but they may not need to uh, issue anything because most of Telegram is not encrypted. The only kind of end-to-end -end encryption you get is in a one-to-one -one private chat. So if you were trying to organize a group of people, all of that is done in the clear, and Telegram is probably not the place then that you might want to conduct that activity, given that you cannot encrypt the conversation between the recipients of the messages you're sending out. And security experts don't have a lot of faith in the power of this end-to-end -end encryption. A great synopsis can be heard on the Security Now podcast from July. Steve Gibson called it a godforsaken mess after looking at how it works. And Telegram apparently rolled their own encryption protocol versus using known protocols that are very secure. So I think the security here is there to some degree, but they made it insecure enough that if governments wanted to snoop in on communications without actually having to subpoena the company, I think they can pull out whatever they need just from what's going over the wire in between servers. So I would not, again, consider this a secure place for any kind of communication that you want to keep quiet. Now, Telegram had billed itself as the bastion of free speech, but they have now found that their size requires them to comply with government orders or else. So in the European Union, they have now removed all Russian state media from their platform in Europe. And this is something all the other big social media platforms had to do as well. The or else here is that if they didn't comply, they would be banned from the European continent, which is why they complied with that order. Uh, in Brazil, there was a crazy story that happened over there. Uh, Telegram claims that they were not receiving emails from the Supreme Court, and the Supreme Court there in Brazil banned the Telegram platform completely, but it was just restored, I think, yesterday after they did get their emails and agreed to terms that the court had set. Uh, those terms included deleting classified information shared by their sitting president. They also required that accounts of a prominent supporter of the president be removed because the court says that person was spreading misinformation. And beyond that, Telegram agreed to put content monitors in place who will monitor content being posted on the 100 most popular channels in Brazil and will label things as misinformation if they deem the information to not be true. And I don't know who makes the determination as to what is true or not, but this is the very same problem that Facebook and Twitter and all these other social media platforms that Telegram was trying not to be have to comply with. And the or else here is that they would be removed if they didn't comply. What I thought was interesting here, though, was the company's attorney here, Alan Tomas, who says that the app has always been willing to collaborate with the authorities. 
And that's the same language that we heard out of Russia in regards to the FSB saying that they were collaborating with the platform. So I would not look at Telegram as a bastion of free speech here. This is just like all the other platforms that are out there who have to balance the rights of their users with the laws in the countries in which they operate because they're trying to make money. They owe billions in debt now. They've got to start making some revenue. They've got to issue that IPO. And if they lose 50 million users in Brazil, that's certainly going to hurt their bottom line. Uh, there are some restrictions on what you can post there uh, beyond what the government might restrict. So you cannot send spam or scam other users. Uh, you cannot promote violence on publicly viewable channels. And you cannot post pornographic content, but those are pretty much the only rules that they put on users beyond what a government might impose over the top. So let's take a look now at the service itself. I've got it running here on my phone. I've got some examples of all of the different content types that are available on it. One thing you need to know though is that you have to have a phone number to register for an account. You can use a voice over IP number like a Google Voice or one of those other number services that are out there but you might find that some of your activities are limited if you are using a voice over IP number. It's hard to stay anonymous on this platform. Now, Telegram has three main buckets of communication. The first is a one-to-one -one chat that you have with another user, and this works a lot like you would see on a typical text message exchange. You can put pictures and videos. You can do video calls if you want. Basically, anything you would have in a WhatsApp chat can be had here. Now, to encrypt something, though, you have to take an extra step, which is to tap on the face here at the top of the chat to pull up your friend's card. And then when you do that, you will get all of the contact information you have stored for that person. This is where I could initiate the video call and the audio call as well. But if I go over here to more, uh, what you will see here is the ability to start a secret chat with that user and that will become the encrypted communication between the two of us but remember that is using the telegram designed encryption that many security experts are critical of now in addition to one-to-one -one chats you also have groups and groups can be a few people or as many as 200,000 in some of the larger public groups and these work a lot like a group chat would work somewhere else so i'm going to pop open my lon tv telegram group here and you can see that I've got some interaction here with some viewers. I can post links to some of the content that I've done on my channel, which I'll show you in a minute. And we can have a nice conversation here. And what's nice is that this can work for a small group of people where everybody can have access to all the features, or you can jump into the settings and limit things a bit. So as you saw, I just tapped on the text here at the top. And if I go over here to edit, uh, what I can do is adjust the permissions, for example. So we'll jump into that for a second here. And I can restrict what members do. So I could make this a group that only allows people to post media, for example, or only messages or nothing at all and just allow me to post things and the other administrators. So you have some control over that. You can also add exceptions to these rules. So you can have some users who can do certain things without being an administrator. So it's kind of neat that they thought of a lot of the things that you might want in a larger group setting. Additionally, you can also limit how often people post. So if you want to prevent somebody from spamming the group, you can have them wait an hour, for example, before they can post again. So you have a lot of controls here as the group gets larger 
to make it something that won't become too annoying to the people in the group if you've got a really big one to manage here. You also can control what reactions you have. You know, there's been a lot of dispute in the YouTube community about removing the thumbs down button. Here, if you want it, you can turn it on. If you don't want it, you can turn it off. It's up to the owner of the group to decide what to do with that, or you can disable the reactions completely. You can, of course, manage your users and everything else here as well. Now, they also have audio and video chat capabilities, so you can have people chat via audio or video or both. I think the max on the video is 30 at a time, but the audio, I'm pretty sure, is unlimited. But one thing that's neat about the group thing is that it works well for small groups of people, but also larger ones. So let's say I had a group of 200,000 people. I can have a select group actually participate in the actual stream, but everyone else can watch and listen to it. And then people can raise their hands and we can bring them up on stage, very similar to how Clubhouse worked, but you also have all this other interaction going on at the same time. Now, to initiate a video chat, you have to be either the group owner or the administrator of the group. And what I found to be even cooler than how it works in a few-to-many scenario is that if you tap on the Stream With button here, it will let you use OBS or any other kind of video encoder. So I could stream to this Telegram group the same way I stream to YouTube and Amazon and all the other places I stream to now. And then I can bring people on to interact with everyone else in the group from their own phones or computers. Now, the last bucket here are channels. And this allows you to communicate in a one-to-many scenario with an unlimited number of subscribers. But they really can't interact with you directly through the channel. But there are some ways to enable that. Let's take a look at my channel, though, which I've set up here. I've got a whopping 11 subscribers to it. And nobody else can post anything on here but me. So if you subscribe to this, what you will get from me is a little notification. And you can tap on it and read or watch whatever I uploaded. Now, I'll look at one that I am subscribed to here. This is Arnold Schwarzenegger's channel. So you can see I only see things that Arnold posted. And I have no way to directly interact with Arnold other than leaving an emoji reaction to something that he puts on his channel. And like the groups, you can go in and edit what users are allowed to do on your channel. So I'm going to go in and tap on the top of it here. And you can see that we can set administrators. Now, administrators and the owner are the only people that can actually post anything on the channel for other users to see. There is now a discussion carve out, which I'll talk about in a minute. But as far as channels are concerned, the only time a user will get notified is when you actually post something from the channel. Anyone else's emojis or comments or whatever are not going to be part of that. I can also live stream here like I could on the group. And if I go over here to edit, I can also limit the reactions that users are allowed to post. So for example, uh, Duroff, the owner of the company, he allows thumbs up, thumbs down, and the party popper, but nothing else. So you can limit how many emojis appear under your posts, especially if you have a lot of people uh, who consume your content. Now, what I did, which is optional, is I linked my group to my channel. And in doing so now, people can leave comments on posts. And you can see here there is one comment under my most recent post here. And if I click on that, it will have a comment section now. And that's going to appear on any post that you put into the channel after you enable the feature. 
And this is one way to get some back and forth with viewers through a channel without having it muddy things up with a lot of junk getting posted uh, beyond what you post yourself. So there's a lot I can see them experimenting with here to try to figure out the right balance of how these different buckets work. Now chats, groups, and channels are all created the same way. You just go in and make a new message here and you tell it what you want to do. So if you wanted to start a new channel, you click this and you've got yourself a channel. There's not a lot of hoops to jump through to get started. Now one thing I found encouraging as a video content creator is that they are not limiting the length of videos like you see on Twitter and many other platforms. So here I've got my weekly wrap-up video from last week, and that's a 17-minute video, and the whole thing can be played back on here along with some uh, text in the description. And what I also found of interest is that they're not doing any processing on the video. So this one that I uploaded was just compressed down to a smaller size, but I also, as a test, uploaded my recent review of a portable hard drive that comes in at 1.2 gigabytes in size, and the attachment still is 1.2 gigabytes. They didn't reduce the file size at all. It does sometimes take it a little bit of time to spin up here, but generally it's been uh, working pretty responsively. There it goes. Uh, so once something's posted, it's available without a lot of processing time. The downside, though, is that there's not a lot of discovery, if any, on the platform. So you have to kind of find things yourself, and I found the best discovery engine for Telegram is Google, to look up somebody you're trying to find on Telegram on Google, and if they're there, you can click on the link and then be brought back to the app to do a follow. Another thing is that because there is no discovery, there's also really no algorithm deciding what you see. So what you will have on your chat screen here is everything mushed together, your personal chats, the channels you're following, and the groups that you're in. And what will happen here, at least in its default mode, is that when something gets posted, uh, that channel or chat or group will go up to the top of the list unless you set it otherwise. So right now, the channel and group that I have set up here have the most recent posts, so that is what I have up top. But you can set up folders to try to organize things a little bit better. So maybe you want your channels in one place and your chats in another. So what I can do here is just hold down the chats button click on add folder and what I'll do here is just call this Lon TV and I'm going to add chats to it. So I'm going to add the Telegram group and the channel. I'll click done there. I can then hit create and now if I go back to uh, my screen here I can look at it by folder. And the other option is to have it sorted by the type of chat. So for example I could take all of my channels and make a folder that I'll just call channels here and that will put them all in that spot. But I could have something in both. So I can have my LAN TV stuff in a folder and then also have the LAN TV channel in a channel folder. Now I do suggest spending some time in the settings so you can get everything tuned exactly how you want it for your account. I have notifications set up where I just mute things on an individual channel basis, but you can also do things more globally inside of the settings if you want. One other thing you can do is attach multiple accounts to your device. So you can see right now I have two accounts attached. I believe the maximum right now is five, but each account needs its own unique phone number. The phone number is the username in Telegram. You can change the number and still have it attached to the same account, but there always needs to be a unique phone number for this to work. 
Now, as a content creator, there are not many opportunities yet for monetization on this platform. I think they are certainly going to be motivated to get their act together there to make their stock more valuable whenever they decide to offer it. Right now, they do have contextual advertising for larger channels. And what this means is that they are not targeting users with those ads. They are putting ads that match the topic of the channel into that channel for those users to see. So they are uh, going to do things a little differently than what we're seeing on YouTube and Facebook and Twitter in that ads will be tied to channels only, at least at the moment, and you will not be seeing ads, they say, within private chats, at least at this point in time. But note that I am sure, just like other platforms, advertisers will have particular things that they may or may not want to see on certain platforms. And I'm sure a lot of the issues that YouTube has dealt with in that area will eventually come to Telegram as well. They can't hide from the governments and they certainly can't hide from the advertisers who they will be depending on for revenue in the future. So that's gonna do it for this look at Telegram. I find this a fascinating new platform, especially given the large size of the user base, it's accelerating user growth and the fact that they are allowing me to upload all of my content without any real restriction to it. Discovery is still really difficult, so people have to come to you as opposed to you being discovered on the platform, but I'm sure that'll be something they'll work on in the future. If you want to follow me and this channel, you can go to my two Telegram links on here, the channel and the group, and we can all chat with each other and maybe bring our numbers up a little bit. I've got four in the group and 11 on the channel, so let's see if we can double that by the end of the week. How does that sound? Let me know what you thought about this down in the comments section. Again, there's a lot to like and a lot to be concerned about, but that is true of most social media platforms. Now this week's wrap up is being brought to you by all of you. And I wanna thank first Grayson Petty who made a super chat contribution during one of our live streams the other day. We also have a bunch of new supporters on the channel, including Big Joes who contributed via Floatplane, we also welcomed Carolyn Nichols, Chris Downs, and Fred Colangelo as new YouTube members. If you want to support the channel, you can. You can go to lon.tv support and make a monthly or a one-time contribution to the channel. You can also join our YouTube membership program by clicking the blue button down there below the video. And we support Floatplane and Patreon. And I want to thank everyone who contributed this week and everyone who's been contributing on an ongoing basis and all of you who just watch on a regular basis too because all of those things equal channel growth. Now we've got a bunch of other channels you can find me on including my extras channel where I post unboxings and supplementary content along with some mini reviews. We have my Amazon page as well where you can watch most of my content ad free. You can engage with the channel in a bunch of different ways including my very infrequent email list which we only post things on occasionally and we've got the Facebook group and the Discord, which are two other places where you can communicate with me and other users. And then, of course, we have the store where I sell previously reviewed items for prices lower than new. I just got in a new iPad and the new iPhone SE, which will most likely be ending up there once I am done with my review. And if you want to be notified when we add those items to the store, you can go to lon.tv slash store alert, which is a separate email list versus the one that will get you the occasional channel updates. So subscribe to both if you want both. And that is going to do it for this week's weekly wrap up. Let me know what you thought down in the comments below or on our new Telegram group. Until next time, this is Lon Sybin. Thanks for watching. This channel is brought to you by the Lon.tv supporters.
including Gold Level supporters Jim Tannis and Tom Albrecht, Hot Sauce and Video Games and Eric's Variety Channel, Brian Parker and Frank Goldman, Amda Brown and Matt Zagaya, and Chris Allegretta. If you want to help the channel, you can by contributing as little as a dollar a month. Head over to lon.tv slash support to learn more. And don't forget to subscribe. Visit lon.tv slash s.